set of the new Bond movie, the phrase Bond girls is now forbidden. From now on, they are to be addressed as Bond women. This is an important step forward, okay? Though it is unfortunate that her character is still named Hooters Gazanga. Hooters Gazanga. Please. Um, that reminds me with movies. I just came across this. So the live action version of The Lion King hits theaters oh, yeah. tomorrow night. Yeah. And it's expected to dominate cineplexes across this country for quite some time. Mm. My kids aren't really interested in the live action versions of these shows that they love. For really? some reason. Did they watch but... the cartoon version? Yeah, and yeah. liked it. But they just, I don't know why. You know, I wondered whether uh, the audiences would flock back to movies like that. Of course, they you are. know, it's like remanufacturing pop, formulaic pop music for each generation, so mm-hmm. you got that advantage, but I guess I'm mildly... I loved The Lion King. Sure. I watched that movie with my kids so many times, um, and I, I love that movie, but I'm not sure I have any interest. Hmm. Plus, there's controversy because they cast a monkey to play the ape. Oh, what? So, Taking right. ape roles. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. They're speciesists. So, there's a, a lawsuit recently... Um, to get the uh, FDA to release this database of where of they tracked in a way, I guess every single opioid pill that had ever been prescribed. That's uh, got to be a lot. Is and, it billions of pills? It's got to be. Oh yeah, the numbers are stunning. Um, and some journalists sued them and said you got to release that information. And and the judge agreed. Well, so they hell's did. yeah! How do they have that information? And it's not just given to us, let alone you got to go to a judge to get it. I don't know. You know, I, I had no idea that this even existed until I the, heard how the court case had been decided. We, we put up with way too much of the government keeping information quiet until we beg oh, yeah. for it or go to a judge. Right. Amen to that. But America's largest drug company saturated the country with 76 billion oxycodone and hydrocodone pills from 2006 through 2012. Six years. 76 billion pills. As the nation's Deadliest ever drug epidemic spun out of control. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm, the, clearly, there's a problem. I'm not denying that. But this is one of those numbers that is meaningless to me. I don't know if that is a hundred thousand more than what we normally use. You know, I don't. I don't have any concept of how many drug opioid pills we normally use. That's what I'm saying. Well, there was no you, normal because you there were new, but you could new have, inventions. You could have said any number, and it would have been astounding. Yeah, I, 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 guess I that's hear my what point. You yeah, <laughs> your point is you're easily astounded. No. <laughs> you could have said seven billion or seven hundred billion, and I would have still said wow. exactly the oh, same. Yeah, that's a lot of billion. <laughs> Seventy-six billion. But anyway, uh, the database uh, maintained by the DEA tracks the path of every single pain pill sold in the United States, from manufacturers and distributors to pharmacies in every town and city, according to Washington Post. Now. Uh, data provides an unprecedented look at the surge of legal pain pills that fueled the epidemic, which resulted in nearly 100,000 deaths in that six-year period. Well, more than... And uh, on the rise, right? More than uh, alcohol and car wrecks and all kinds of different stuff. Right. Yeah. Just six companies distributed 75% of the pills. McKesson Corp., Walgreens, Cardinal Health, Amerisource Bergen, CVS, and Walmart. Uh, three companies manufactured 88% of the opioids. Specgux or SpecGX, uh, Activist Pharma, and Par Pharmaceutical. I, I never heard of these companies. Well, I don't think. Well, uh, here's something I they learned. They ought to be as infamous as, as freaking El Chapo. Here's something I learned the other day from a, a man of medicine uh, who, who came about when this whole thing got started. And this person was telling me that uh, early in his medical career, there was this thing called the War on Pain that was launched. 
there was this belief, and a lot of people believe that uh, this was driven by the companies that had come up with all this, ah. and they were starting to give money to politicians, and they, they, you know, it was all working together here. But so they launched the war on pain. We've got a real crisis in this country where there are a lot of people in pain who aren't getting enough pain medication. So we need to launch the war on pain. Mm. So the emphasis was what this doctor was taught was if somebody needs a few pills you give them a month's worth of pills you make sure there's no chance they're going to run out of it this is the war on pain we don't want people needlessly suffering and we all now know that it was driven by you know this this government recommendation on the war on pain was driven by pharmaceutical companies saying yeah i'll give you a hundred thousand dollars for your campaign if you start this war on pain thing wow Wow. And never question anybody for they come in and say, yeah, I lost my prescription. Can I get another? No problem. Here you go. I mean, just. I lost it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. And then, of course, government. It's amazing and not amazing at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's it's one of those things that is shocking, but not surprising. Um, Well, and, you know, that's why government policy is frequently so terrible and. So they realize, oh, we went way too far uh, taking our bribes. Now we better uh, correct a course here and then crack down like crazy. Now you got people in chronic pain who can't get their drugs mm-hmm. because of the ridiculous, um, you know, rules and regs. But you know, that's the thing about and and we we tr- we assumed a real activist role a few years ago in some of the uh, these ADA lawyer extortion rings where they would hit up small businesses and blackmail them. They would say, yeah, your uh, your rails, they're a quarter of an inch off. We're suing you for noncompliance. Um, or you can write us a check for $15,000 and we'll go away. And there are these uh, rings of extortionist lawyers, prominent one of whom is uh, going to jail for tax evasion now, which gladdens my heart more than I can tell you. But anyway, so we went to big-time politicians, happened to be in California, and we said, listen, this is clearly a racket. Not only are these scum targeting small business people, but they're going after a lot of immigrant families because they don't know the legal system. They don't know the rights. They don't know English that well. This is terrible. And the message we got from the politicians was, well, you know, we went to a lot of time and trouble and committee meetings to fashion our old policy. And so it would be... a well, we made an agreement that we would, uh, you know, so we can't really go back to that now, blah, blah, blah. Meaning, once government policy is formed by these bloated commissions and committees and whatever, it's more or less permanent. Even if you realize moments later you've made a terrible mistake, it's still permanent. So anyway, the, the, the policy on these drugs has veered back and forth. But getting back to these EPA numbers... um, so this database reveals what each company knew about the number of pills it was shipping, precisely when they were aware of those volumes, year by year, town by town. In case after case, the companies allowed the drugs to reach the streets of communities, large and small, despite persistent red flags that those pills were being sold in apparent violation of federal law and being diverted to the black market. They knew it. It was clear to anybody who was paying attention. And those companies have paid more than a billion dollars in fine to the justice fines to the Justice Department, the FDA. But uh, you're making you know forty billion dollars a year in profits, and right. the uh, FDA comes to you and says, or, or the or the DEA or whatever comes to you and says, yeah, 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 you're paying a little, uh, you're playing a little fast and loose. Uh, we could use uh, three quarters of a billion dollars. Sounds impressive. We could use that in our coffers. Because that goes, you know, frequently to the government budget, and and the companies say three quarters of a bill. That's an awful lot. How about half a bill? Uh, yeah, okay. All right, that's your fine. And so they pay half a billion dollars in fine fines. 
and and just keep taking the other twenty billion dollars in profits. It's just it's such a scam. But you know there are people, activist types, and some politicians who are suing to get to the bottom of this. And sounds like they're making progress. The war on pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy. Look at look, I'm looking at this map. That's one of those colorful maps that. The light colors is where there are very few pills per person, and the, the darker colors are heavy concentrations. And here's a shocker. There's some heavy concentrations in West Virginia and Ohio and Tennessee and everywhere you've heard about that's been ravaged by opioid addiction. They just found complicit uh, doctors and pharmacies and whatever and just kept pumping those pills there no matter how obvious the red flags were. Man, there's got to be a lot of people that were taking a lot of pills because, like, I'm thinking of my entire extended family, including my brothers, and I'm not sure my parents, my wife, my kids, I'm not sure we used 10 total pills in the last decade. Mm. So there are a lot of people out there using a heck of a lot. Well, here's your warning, folks, because I took some of these drugs after my super custom, uh, my hip customization. So I don't say hip replacement because it makes me sound old. Um, eh, they will give you the worst constipation you can imagine, these pills. Unima- you will never poo again on these pills. It's terrible. Get another bad habit. Mm. Number one, you could overdose and die. Number two, constipation that will make you cry like a little girl. You are full of it, as so many emailers have pointed out over the years. Yes. Um, uh, duh, uh, I taught my kids some new words when I was on the roller coaster the other day. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh. Well, fiddle dee dee! <laughs> I think I'm going to die! <laughs> uh, also, we ought to mention this Tom Friedman column in the New York Times. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the, the headline being, Trump's going to get reelected, isn't he? Which is <laughs> pretty good. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. on the roller coaster the other day, so that in a moment. <laughs> How um, long had it been since you were on a coaster? Uh, well, I've never ridden one this scary, and I, oh. as I told my kids, who uh, the, the one kid who rode it with me, um, he, he, he found it too much, and I said, look, I'm, I've ridden a lot of roller coasters all over the country. I used to be into it when I was younger. I've never ridden anything that scary, oh, boy. so it, it wasn't just your normal roller coaster. Um, anyway, more than that a little bit. Headline from Thomas Friedman in the New York Times. I don't know if you know his act or not. He's a uh, lefty columnist. Uh, I love his stuff about uh, the Middle East and stuff. That's his expertise. And when he gets into domestic politics, I generally hate him. But his uh, headline was Trump's going to get... ideas, Jack, not people. Trump's going to get reelected, isn't he? He says people keep walking up to him and saying that to him. And he said there was an explosion of that. Right after the debates, mm. when a lot of people, Democrats, his friends would be Democrats, people like him thought, what? They all raised their hand for universal health care? They all raised their hand for crossing the borders not illegal anymore? They all raised their hand for free health care for illegals? Right. That is so far away from where most, most of America by far, but even most Democrats are. I can't believe all these candidates were so stupid that they fell for that. Yeah. Man, you talk about we get into our own bubbles. 
How's Joe Biden? How's Kamala Harris? How's better? How any of them? How are they in such a bubble of 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 university professors and cable news hosts that they think that that's even what they their party wants, let alone right. the rest of the country? Right. As Friedman so, makes the point, you got 250 million Americans have private health insurance. Now, it's it's rough these days. It's way expensive, and everybody's looking for something a little better. But the idea that everybody's down with government health insurance and 250 million people will lose their current plan and doctor and whatever else. Well, how about the, the idea that that's a good, that, that every, every single one of you agrees with that? That's crazy. How about the completely <laughs> indefensible health care for illegals? Right. Completely indefensible. As we mentioned yesterday, the head of one of your biggest Hispanic groups in the country. How do you say it? Lulac or Lulac, whatever? yeah. The president of it, this Hispanic guy said... El Presidente. He said, we're not into that. That was a huge mistake for Democrats. He said that! Wow, that's amazing. The leader of the biggest Hispanic group said, Hispanics are not into free health care for illegals. How do you miss that far? If you're Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or, or Pete Buttigieg or any of them. Yeah. I, it's a, blows my mind. They do research. They want to win more than, the, in a lot of cases, they want to win more than they care about the particular policy. So how do they get that far off track? Is it just that the primary voter, the most likely primary voter, is all often way out there politically? God, you, you'd... And you've got to kowtow to I'm that. not even sure the majority of them are for that. When you got the president of that big Hispanic organization saying, whoa, 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 that was a mistake. Right, yeah, you're right. Come on. That's amazing. And Tom Friedman even. But Tom Friedman says, dear Democrats, this is not complicated. Just nominate a decent, sane person. A person who can gain the support of the independents, moderate Republicans, and suburban women who abandoned Donald Trump in the midterms, and you win. It is it is true. Yeah. You could run practically anybody who is kind of middle of the road, and I think you would win. You'd have a heck of a good chance. You'd have a really, really good chance. Yeah. You got no chance of becoming president with uh, health care for illegals. Zero. Yeah, yeah. I like what Friedman says. I, I was shocked at all those hands raised in support of providing comprehensive health coverage to undocumented immigrants. I think promises we've made to our fellow Americans should take priority, like to veterans in need of better health care. That sentence would have stood out as if he was nude on stage. If he had said that at that debate, which just shows you how way out they were. Yeah, I don't want people to catch on. My concern is... Wait a minute, is... wait a minute. Americans' priority should be our fellow Americans? Taxpayers' priority should be our fellow taxpayers? The government exists to serve we the people, not just anybody on earth who sneaks in. You are a racist and a lunatic. Yeah. I'm just, I'm afraid the adults are going to take over and win. That enough people are going to read, candidates are going to see Tom Friedman's column, that poll that was being circulated around by Democratic donors about how unpopular AOC is. Right. All this stuff's going to sink in, I'm afraid, and, and reasonableness is going to get closer to the Democratic candidate. I like where it is now because Donald Trump would beat any of these people easily. Mm-hmm. And I care about the judges. I care about tax rates. I care about a whole bunch of stuff that's going to go the wrong way in my mind if Trump loses. Right. But... How likable a chap the president is is not really high on my list. You know, I'd prefer. But they're going to catch on. Nice. With a year and a half Can we to play go. nice, everybody? Uh, yeah, that's probably true, and they'll veer way back toward the center and deny. And it was funny. Tim Russert back in the day was so good at this. You will have videotape of Kamala Harris saying, I stand firmly in favor of comprehensive health care for our undocumented neighbors. 
And then come October, she'll be saying, that we, we have studied that. It's a, not a policy that I'm advocating. And But you're on videotape. With, uh, what I'm advocating right now is Americans standing together. And they'll just deny everything they've said. So we'll, we'll see if the American people buy it. <clears throat> That's something, though. I'll tell you what, though. I don't think at this point any rude thing Trump says or tweets or whatever will change a single vote. I think that is so thoroughly baked in. Uh, you're it's right. like an, a, you're a right. lasagna you couldn't drive a nail into. Well, it's so baked in, nobody cares anymore. Here's a thought experiment for you. Come up with a right-wing version. I can't think of one off the top of my head of what the Democrats did on stage. If, Repu- if a bunch of Republicans on stage, something so far to the right that the vast majority of Americans, no way they would agree. I can't even come up with a good Forcibly example. Forcibly round up anyone who's undocumented. And drag them out of their homes and hurl them across the border. <laughs> I don't know. It'd have to be something like that. Yeah. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Al Trump, poll numbers up. Big rally tonight. Pelosi, flap on the floor. And keep your brain alive. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> no. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> So I'm riding this super scary, heinous roller coaster with my son, and I don't uh, particularly remember any much about it after we started, uh-huh. started the straight downhill plunge. Oh, and boy. It, and it's one of those really designed to be over-the-top roller coasters. Some Twisty of them are, and loopy and flippy or what? Straight down, actually backward. Oh, um, yeah. And then uh, I don't, we're upside down as much as we're right side up and just insanely fast. God, we must have been going 80 miles an hour. It was crazy. Nerf. Um. Anyway, but it's 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 known to be frightening. It's, I rode a bunch of other lo- roller coasters and rides at uh, Legoland with my kids, and they're pretty fast stuff, but they're okay. I did that. But on this particular one, which my son said he may never ride another roller coaster again after this. Yikes. Good um, job, Dad. But so when we got home, he said, Mom, Mom, Dad said the F word and the B word and the F word. And, and what was that word you said that started with a C? No, you go clean your room. You, get, you, get, you don't need to talk about that. But These are unfair vi- and verified accusations, honey. I don't remember that, but apparently I unleashed a torrent of my worst filth. Oh, boy. We, uh, vacationing with a hall monitor. What is <laughs> yeah, Son, you got to talk to me about this. You ever heard of nar- this word, narc? <laughs> Bros before moms, son. <laughs> Trying to have a little fun. Right. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Trump uh, busy tweeting this morning pretty optimistically. One of them saying, big rally tonight in Greenville, North Carolina. A lot of great things to tell you about, including the fact our economy is the best it's ever been. Best employment and stock market numbers ever. I'll also be talking about people who love and hate our country. We know what that means. Uh He's going to lay it on the squad in front of a crowd that will be eating him up and egging him on to go further than he's gone before. Oh, no. So I think that's, if you like that sort of thing, (laughs) must see TV. And the other uh, tweet he put out this morning, quote, new poll, the Rasmussen poll, one of the most accurate in predicting the 2016 election, has just announced that Trump numbers have recently gone up by four points to 50%. Thank you to the vicious young socialist Congress women. America will never buy your act. MAGA 2020. Thank vicious you. Young to the young socialist women. Yeah. He was at his highest all-time on NBC last week uh, of 47%, so that's in the same range. So he's around upper 40s, 50%, and, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with the economy. 
And that'll either be where it is now, come election time, or not. Yep. The House, meanwhile, last night condemning President Trump's attacks on the four Democratic Congresswomen. The resolution saying that Trump's comments were racist. Speaker Nancy Pelosi stirring the pot when she said... Every single member of this institution, Democratic and Republican, should join us in condemning the president's racist tweets. I was just going to give the General Speaker of the House if she would like to rephrase that comment. I have cleared my remarks as a parliamentarian before I read them. And then she walked out. Georgia Republican Doug Collins was the one who issued the parliamentary challenge to Pelosi's remarks. Collins said her statements violated the rules of decorum in the House. Democratic-led House went ahead and rejected Collins' challenge on a party-line vote. It was bizarre because the guy chairing the House at that point got in an argument that said, that's it, I'm out, and he just left, which I don't think is a thing. But there, this all goes back to Thomas Jefferson and his interest in parliamentary procedure and how the House ought to behave and... And, and the rest of it. And it's not really clear there are rules and precedents everybody's bringing up when Tip O'Neill blasted Newt Gingrich in 1984. But it's all kind of loose. Um, What's interesting to me is that, um, you know, and I don't know how many people are aware of this, Nancy Pelosi knew exactly what she was doing. She knows she was either up against or crossing the line, that it would be rebuked, that it would make national news. She needed to. Trump had to say something so over the top that it cut through the clutter. And uh, and made news about the squad. And so she had right. to say something that would cut. If she did her normal her normal house speech, right. that, nobody's going to hear that. No, that nobody cares. That doesn't make news. That happens all the time. She had to say something completely over the top. So once we get immune to the president's a liar, the uh, speaker of the house is a racist. You know, you're, AOC, you're crazy. You're losing it. You need a caretaker. Right. AOC is calling everybody a racist. What's the next level? The president snuck into my home and poisoned my dog. I mean, what, what's the next level of hyperbole? The Speaker We're, of the House is producing snuff films. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi is an android or an alien. Or an alien android. <laughs> or one takes out their walking cane and beats the other one down. Yeah, Kicking <laughs> right. it old school. Mexican drug kingpin Joaquin El Chapo Guzman has been sentenced now to life in prison. He's 62 years old, found guilty earlier this year of trafficking hundreds of tons of coke, heroin, meth, and marijuana to the U.S., among a whole rasher of other sins. So he could easily spend 20 years in prison as a guy who's 62. Yep. Um, And I wonder from when he got caught. And I hope somebody would ask him this. Would you do it again, knowing this was the outcome? Or, Or would he say... Absolutely. That was some ride. Mm. Or anything. Nah, this is, this is the way He's to spend. He's not that old a guy, is he? How old is he? 62. 62, okay. Huh. Well, anyway, the push. He's is. a murderer and a torturer oh, and yeah. a rapist and a subverter of justice and a, just a, a thousand different kinds of monsters. And took a, an entire nation hostage. Right. Pushes on to send him to the Supermax in Colorado. Meanwhile, my friends, good advice for so you all. So he'll be out there with, uh, like, I was going to say Timothy McVeigh. I think he's dead. So he'll be yeah. with the Unabomber and the Hamburglar and a variety of other people. <laughs> um, I, I wonder uh, if he'll be impressed. I mean, because he's just breaking out of Mexican prisons or bribes the guards or whatever, right. digs right. a hole in his shower. He's going to get to Supermax and say, wow. Wow. This is a prison. Wait a minute. <laughs> he just goes around like scratching walls trying to find one. What, what can I dig out of here? Right. Not going to happen, El Chapo. I thought I was going to have a tunnel under my tub with a motorcycle. It takes me to freedom. <laughs> yeah, through a tunnel. All right, my friends. Keep your mind alive. Dance.
Dance, dance. We've got two different studies that have found dancing can keep your mind sharp and your heart healthy. One study found moderate intensity dancing was associated with lower risk of dying from heart disease, while walking really didn't help you at all. This is right back to what we talked about the other day. It's intense bursts of activity, yes. right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love this song. And you run out of the dance floor and dance like right. crazy for a couple mm-hmm. minutes. It's uh, thought the heart-healthy uh, benefits of dance are likely due to it, it its bouts of high-intensity movement, which right. is what you guys were talking about the other day. I wonder if I'll never dance again. That's very sad. No, no, it's awesome. <laughs> what? It'd be a dream come true if, yeah, I, yeah. if I never have to dance I'm again. I'm never going to dance again. <laughs> Guilty fits have got those. Sing along if you know so the words. Yeah, right, you, know. you got younglings around. They they have some sort of impromptu dance sure. party to Old Town Road. You don't jump in and... No, and, wait, we do some of that at okay, home. Yeah, okay. that, but that's different. Yeah. I mean, in public or just whatever. Just around. You know, when my home. kids hit 12, I stop uh, dancing in front of them just because uh, they could recognize terrible dancing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we dance around at home with the music on, definitely, but... Uh, last dance was the one slow dance with my wife at our wedding, and then before that, God, probably at somebody else's wedding many years before that. So I probably got two dances. Then there was the time that outlaw gang was squeezing off shots at your feet. (laughs) (laughs) When's the last time you Uh, fast danced in public not child-related? I think it was a station Christmas party probably, like... I don't know. A number of years ago. Yeah. Like, ad dance. For me, it was a medical emergency, if I believe. <laughs> I was at a silent disco just this past weekend. And you danced? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, of course you did. Gonna dance? Well, you're, yeah. you're still in the uh, wooing women stage of your life. Oh, oh yeah. And they like the dance. dance worth a damn? Oh, no, not at all. Really? No, no. It's fun. Do you feel about? Dancing's about feeling good, not looking good. As there soon you as go. you just accept that, it's fine. Wow. You could be like some sort of guru, like that Marianne Williamson wackadoo. If you're listening, <laughs> that's some good uh, no, mumbo jumbo. If you're listening. Meet me on the battlefield of dance, Mr. President. That's a wrap. That's your news. You're harnessing the forces of hate. I'm going to harness the forces of dance. Is she going to be in the next debate? Yes, really please. Yes. I saw that Bullock qualified for the next debate. Governor of Montana. Really? Steve, never yeah. mind the Bullock? Um, isn't uh, Marianne Williamson tracking way ahead of Cory Booker? Well, it's like half percent and zero percent. Yeah, which is infinitely higher. Her Twitter account's pretty funny, too. She's, she's got some... I don't know if it's her or if she's just got really good interns, but her meme game is quite strong. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Uh, was it Elon Musk that's out? I'm not going to give it away here, but that's oh, where yeah. it came from. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Elon Musk out with some news about melding human brains with computers. Oh, boy. That sh- should terrify you. Wow. Yeah, it's, a, it's something. So that's on the way next. Armstrong and Getty. 93.1 KFBK. Another show that had a a great day was Chernobyl. Chernobyl racked up 19 nominations, including Best Limited Series. As you know, if you've seen it, Chernobyl tells the story, true story, of how a nuclear disaster caused a whole village of Russians to have British accents for many years. (laughs) 
I have not seen the show. Is that so? That's a shot. Nobody in the show talks with a Russian accent. They're just British actors talking in their normal accent because the the showrunner made a decision that it's way too easy to slip into Boris and Natasha. I'm though. fine with that. And I'm, I'm not. I'm and outraged. And he also made the point that <laughs> Boris and Natashaville, That's great. These these people weren't talking with Russian accents back then. They were speaking in Russian. Well, so right, to yeah, have so, them, yeah, so, I've, I've always thought that was ridiculous. But they were speaking Russian with a Russian accent. <laughs> I just always thought, why do I want? A bunch of bad German accents in a in a World War Two movie. Because they English. sound like Germans. I disagree with you two completely. <laughs> I want author. Well, yeah, I, I don't want I don't want Germans with British accents. Or one's got a British accent. One sounds like an American. The other's French. Are, that would have been, are no, you afraid you'll wrong. be? I'm sorry, you're wrong on this one. Are you afraid you'll become confused and think the the Chernobyl disaster was in London? <laughs> <laughs> That's not that you know nothing about drama. Speaking the of drama, of disbelief. And I, I looked over the Emmys uh, listing. It's hard to imagine why, because I haven't watched any of these shows. And with my, you know, with a couple of young kids, I'm not going to watch any of these shows. But I was looking at the best dramas, and I, I probably would love all these. But here, here are the not the show names, but the people that put them out: AMC, Netflix, HBO, BBC America, another Netflix, FX, HBO, and then one NBC. That's quite the spreading it around. And that was uh, for the award for best show offered up by a dying network. <laughs> NBC nominated. <laughs> best oh, last gasp of relevancy. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I had a couple of buddies uh, last night absolutely berating me to start watching Billions, which is, I believe, a Showtime. Showtime, yeah. A Showtime vehicle. About. Uh, money and power and politics in the intersection and intrigue and betrayal. Yeah, too and much art. Government has to limit the amount of art. That's a good idea. Just too much art. But any accent will do in your anything goes world. <laughs> so Elon Musk is uh, really working to try to get our whole brain computer interface thing going. I don't know how he pays attention to all the different irons he's got in the fire. I just think his brain runs at a different speed than most folks. Ooh, that's I mean, clearly, clearly. Well, I mean, not only has he got more uh, RAM and firing power, but I just think he's kind of manic. And to have him describe it, it's it's torture. He wouldn't wish it on anybody to have his brain. And so just there's no off switch. Wow, interesting. Mm. So he's just a different version of crazy, a kind of crazy that is productive. Yeah. I find him a fascinating guy. I would like to hang with him, but I think he would probably look at me like uh, I look at a goldfish. Or <laughs> a, a somewhat pleasant cat. So he's working on this Neuralink. That's actually like a branded trademark name. I starting might with say an something, and he'd actually hit me with a newspaper. <laughs> Shut up. Squirt you in the face with a water bottle. I'm a grown man. Shut up. He hit me again. (laughs) Squirt you in the face with a water bottle. Quiet. Quiet, you. Quiet. I just thought I'd offer up. Squirt, 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 squirt again. I might have to get into this more tomorrow as we're running out of time. But he's he's working on this Neuralink, and it's a brain machine, brain computer interface, so they would work together. Um, and they, they started with focusing on patients, you know, like the sort of thing Stephen Hawking could have used or, sure. or whatever. Yep. Um, but it's going to be used, obviously, for just regular people who don't need any help. It's just an opportunity to have your brain hooked up to a computer. It's been tested on monkeys, according to Elon Musk, and the primate was able to control a computer with its brain. Wow. End of the game right there. That's, that's end game. 
Is that the uh, beginning of the human computer synthesis, the new super being? I'd like to volunteer myself as tribute for one of the first people to test this out, because if I get this, and I can then use my computer internet synthesis to stop other people from getting it, I will be the most powerful person on the planet. Oh, wow, okay. It's a little megalomania there. Yeah, not I'm a little. Sean, the producer. I'm not smart. Dreaming of world domination. <laughs> I'm not even smart enough to imagine even close to where this could go. <laughs> um, when we can control computers with our brain, or there's an interface between a computer right. and our brain, memory is no longer a thing at all. You can store, for better or worse, again, it could be for worse, store every bit of memory in a computer and you can access it anytime you want to. Oh, I would be so grateful if a little voice inside my head would say, that's Jim. You like Jim. His wife's name is Bonnie. And I'd remember that stuff. I, I would love that. If I can call up moments from when my kids were two years old oh. and play them in my head, that'd be particularly make, awesome. You're going to make me cry. Um, On the other hand, there have been horrible things that have happened in my life, and if those are stored somewhere and come up now and then when I don't want them, that wouldn't be so great. Well, maybe you could like uh, have a code you had to enter to access the humiliation file. <laughs> you know, all your memories of being utterly pants. Do not life. open folder. Yeah, right, exactly. that'd be the pain danger, file. Danger. Do not open the pain file. I do not want to experience that again. On the other hand, what Elon's talking about, I, I just read part of this was... You know, folks with neuromuscular disorders and the paralyzed and stuff like that. I mean, some of this stuff is just so tragic because your your parts work okay, but your brain just can't get the messages to them. And if you could bridge that gap, you know, somehow with a computer or, you know, some sort of hard wiring and restore, you know, a sense of, well, not a sense of, you know, functional normalcy to these people, that'd be a miracle. Well, even without that, if you can run a computer with your mind, then we've got robot this and that, you're turning on lights and turning off your TV and switching channels and turning on the oven and opening the door and doing all these kind of stuff with your mind all the time. That'd be pretty amazing. I guess, but what's the point of that? Again, flipping a light switch is effortless. Efficiency, well, just think of it as a typing replacement as opposed to having to physically type out to Google anything. Now you You just think it and it's there. Or my brilliant uh, thoughts that the world really deserves. I, I would effortlessly be able to put them down, oh, I guess. We're going to get a lot of thoughts. Oh. You got to remix that. I yeah. must say, as with, with my headphone situation, I did not understand a word of that. I'm sure it was quite. Uh, got to remix that, bro. Humorous and or clever. Yeah. Um, here's your host, Joe Getty. Yeah, let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the hour. There he is, our Stephen Newsman, Marshall Phillips. Marsh? Well, i got to tell you, today marks two months I haven't scratched my itch or made any investment in sport. So I frankly think that is enough cleansing. <laughs> Time for another round of gaming investments. Yes, go out there and gamble, Marshall. Yes. Enjoy yourself. Michelangelo in the control room. Final thought? Yeah, I'm like Jack. I used to love roller coasters. It used to be a big deal to go upside down once or twice, but I couldn't go on today's roller coasters. I guess my glory days are behind oh, me. Oh, God. And that's sad. It was horrific. Uh, Positive Sean, our producer. Final thought? Yes, I would like to retract my offer to be tribute for the first person for the Neuralink as they have described the process as, uh, as follows. After a surgeon opens the skull, a sewing machine inserts fine and flexible electrodes into the brain. I'm out! Wow. <laughs> You're no Apollo 11 astronaut. Jack, final thought for us? On the theme of uh, artificial intelligence and that, computers mastered the ability of bluffing at poker, which they say is a huge breakthrough and is scary for AI. Because bluffing couldn't, it was all strategy and this and that, but the ability to bluff 
like to read your intentions wow. and figure out what kind of person you are and bluff is a new level for AI. Well, and to BS you. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. My final thought, going back to a story we chatted about earlier today, chimpanzees watching a video together got the same sense of bonding and closeness that humans get from watching something together. And it reminds us of how shared experience is so important to being happy. So watch a video with an ape today. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. If you and your ape have grown distant, <laughs> <laughs> we hardly talk to each other. <laughs> Go to armstrongandgetty.com. we got some clicks for you. If you want to email us, there's something we ought to be talking about, or you got an opinion you'd like to share, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I remember when we used to ride unicycles and smoke cigars together, my monkey friend. Cheeky! See you tomorrow. God bless America. You're having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say What's that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> That's good. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Well, <laughs> fiddle-dee-dee! <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.